he kāhuli leo lea o kanahele. Aloha e nā hua a punika honua e hoolohe nei a ka leo o kauluau. Mahalo keia huiho ana o kāko. Aloha to everyone listening as we continue our journey on Kaleo Kauluau, learning about practices and traditions on Hawaii Island today. Leija shared an olalo no eau, or poetical saying that speaks to the sweet-voiced land shells, or kahuli, of the Hawaiian forest, a lovely complimentary reference to a sweet-voiced person. Our guest today is known for this quality and for her amazing skill at hakumele, song composition. Velinamai, welcome to Kaleo Kauluau. Aloha ile, pehea oi. Mai kai, pehea oi. Mai kai, mahalo. I'm very pleased to announce that we have with us today in the studio a very special guest with a very special talent and practice. Kainani Kahonaile is her name, and Hakumele is the subject that she'll share with us. Would you please do the honors of introducing her, Lei? Hiki no. Kainani Kahonaile is a mele enthusiast, singer, songwriter, teacher, and musician. She was born and raised in Anahola, Kauai, and has lived in Hilo, Hawaii for 29 years as an advocate for Hawaiian language revitalization and the perpetuation of Hawaiian music through education and performance. While earning her BA in Hawaiian Studies and a Master's Degree in Hawaiian Literature at Kahakaulo Ke'elikolani College of Hawaiian Language at UH Hilo, this talented songstress started singing professionally and composing traditional songs as Hawaiian language curriculum for Ahapunana Leo. This hana also encouraged and promoted the documentation of our current history through Mele and garnered her 12 Nahoku Hanohano Awards along the way for her CDs Na'u Oi, Ohai Ula, and Waipunale, including Haku Mele of the Year, Hawaiian Language Performance, Song of the Year, Album of the Year, Most Promising Artist, and the highly coveted Female Vocalist of the Year, establishing Kainani as one of the most notable talents of her generation. Wow, what an honor and privilege to have this fabulous songstress with us today. Let's go over to Kainani now. Aloha Kainani. Aloha no. It's been a while since uh, we've seen each other and you're just a very busy wahine with all the amazing things that you're doing. Mahalo nui for joining us. I'm excited for what you will share with our audience. Over the years, I've learned so much from you and I admire your dedication to your craft and the beautiful music that you share with everyone. So, mahalo nui. Mahalo. Aloha kaindani. Aloha. We are, we are so happy to have you here with us today to share a bit about the practice of hokumele, one that's rooted in sustainability and aloha aina. And um, you are such a source of inspiration so, for so many of us. And um, we look forward to hearing more about Hakumele. So, no Laila, e olo olo mai. Ai, ai. Aloha mai kako. E kapo e holohe mai nei. Ike yala. O ka Hakumele, ka umea. E ho ike ai. Mao na mo olelo. Na hua olelo, ame ko umau manao. Hakumele is one of the things that makes me happy. It's one of the things I've discovered with having a foundation of hearing Hawaiian music growing up as a child. 
um, having a musical family and being raised by my grandparents and my huge ohana on Kauai exposed me to lots of of Hawaiian music, whether it be um, at home, at church, um, in the hotels, as many of my Ohana members were performers. Um, and for all of our Ohana parties, my Ohana, especially my mother, um, was responsible for the music. And I, I wasn't at all. I wanted to serve food at the <laughs> parties and take care of the kids. Hmm. Um, however, all of the music infiltrated the senses and I wouldn't say that I was singing early on, but we just sing along when we must. Um, I wasn't trained by my ohana or chosen to like, okay, you're going to do this. Except for a little bit of hula when I was like in the fifth grade. They needed the little girls for the hula show. And so I, I was playing soccer and I was like, okay, yes, you know, you just just do as you're told. And so that was my glimpse of the um, performance life as a kid with music. And with three generations on stage, um, yeah, music was just part of growing up. Uh, when I was in high school, I joined the um, choir, the performing choir. And we performed, um, we went to... Honolulu, you know, that was a big deal for us. <laughs> and um, we also went to uh, Amelika. And, um, but this was performing for people like we didn't know. So, I mean, it was hard enough. I didn't have that much courage to perform in a choir, but because it was lots of people, no solos ever, I didn't rank at that level at that time. But just to go someplace, yeah. That's what we <laughs> wanted to do. So the music, um, um, getting some kind of training in choral music and harmony, um, performance, stage, um, stage experience, that was part of my musical experience. And then I was like, oh, I'm going to go to UH Hilo because I want to um, learn more Olalo Hawaii. I want to become a Kulakaya Puni teacher at the time. And then I got involved with the Hawaiian Leadership Development Program, and they were putting on these conferences every year. And um, uh, music was part of a big part of that conference, whether it was chanting to welcome every hui that came to the conference, um, to singing for them as they arrived or at the luau. So music, um, I knew how to make music, but I wasn't really trying to perform, <laughs> really. And um, as a student here at UH Hilo, um, our gang was so close, so, so close. And many of us were um, musical because of our families, but we weren't the musicians of the family, many of us. And so as we got together every weekend or every, every day, really, um, music was our glue. It was one of our, our bonding things, and we had um, Kanikapila all the time. And from there um, is where, you know, we had Papa Hakumele with uh, Kumulari Kimura, where we had a little more formal training or introductions to um, what makes mele, 
unique, what makes mele Hawaiian, what makes mele um, authentic, I guess. And so we also had access to Kumu Kalena Silva, who was teaching us um, oli and hula. And so um, as Hawaiian language majors, all of these um, things were all overlapping and very important to learn each thing. And so we had um, we had a really good hub of um, kumu um, and fellow students who were totally into it. I mean, we started performing um, um, as students of Kahakaula, and then um, a few of us made a band, and we started singing at all the parties of the Hilo <laughs> and Hawaii Island community. And we started to look at songs of our own families and what were the Ohana songs, uh, what were our island songs, the songs that made us very proud of where we come from. And then we also were learning how to create mele. And as practitioners, uh, as singers, as performers, as music makers, it really helped us to elevate or have goals to elevate that tradition of creating mele documenting our times. And so hakumele is not something that is, um, you kind of just pick up. I mean, it just, to me, it, it's years and years of experience being exposed to mele and taking an interest in it um, and also having a lot of um, olelo Hawaii um, proficiency as well. And so we can all enjoy Hawaiian music, um, but as I've learned over the years, the, the hakumele has more of an intimate um, understanding of the worldview, of what is the layers of meaning, um, and also the importance of delivering the song to make it live, because it's not going to really move if it stays on the palapala. And so that actual delivery, that practice, uh, that important part of the practice, which is getting the mele out through the voice um, in um, in an excellent way, is the way that you can elevate your mele. And so that's the goal all the time. And I that's something I, I'm still learning to do. So hakumele is definitely um, of more interest nowadays that I, I can see. You know, with, um, I don't know, maybe because of social media and we, we can see what more people are doing now and the, the access for people to record themselves and get their music out there or that there's more studio, recording studio ac uh, access around with our computers. Um, so I can definitely see the expansion of, of people who are, Profession in Olalo Hawaii, who are great musicians, who are um, learning to put mele together in um, in the ways that our kupuna did, and you know, there's the full gamut, like real, really, really excellent mele, and then we can see, oh, some people are just beginning, and we all got to begin somewhere, and so my kai, that's the evolution of the practice, yeah. Nani. In your experience, uh, just in the time that you've really taken um, a, a more serious 
path towards being a hakumele. What are some of the things that have inspired your journey? I think um, one of my biggest inspirations is to get to know a place better. I mean, that's my go-to kind of mele, is to write for a place. But how can you write for a place if you don't know much about it? I mean, you can go there and experience it, but there's havina or lessons or homework to do before you start writing about that place. And then, um, because we should know a little bit about um, the maolelo, some of the more famous sayings of those places, the characteristics, what did what did our kupuna see that may still be there or maybe gone already? And so I'd like to um, get to know a place through other songs um, before I attempt to create um, uh, a new song about that area because what I like one of the goals is to um, have the old timers listen to it and make them feel like that song is familiar already. But they think it's this song, but it's it's new. So like the the Olelo would, would fit because it lines up with what they know about that place. Um, however, it is um, documenting a, a current event with maybe some new things inside too. But also, you know, having those familiar things in the song. I, I think that's very important. And that's part of that sustainability thing. You know, it's um, knowing the old things um, or traditional things or um, the lore of the area to inform us so that when we create new, it's not like we just showed up and said, I want to write a song about this, please. <laughs> it's like, I know a little bit more. Because we don't need to write the song instantly when it's there. Sometimes it comes with a divine intervention. Um, but it's, uh, I look at it like we go experience and then let's see what um, old elements are still happening and how can, because if I've experienced those old elements, well, let's make this the time capsule that it's still here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> And so <clears throat> one of my examples is uh, Kahinano Puna. Mm -hmm. So I wrote that, jeez, late 90s. <laughs> As a, and I, I came to UH Hilo in like 93 or 94. And so coming from Kawaii, Hemolele Ikamali, to Hawaii where the, the volcano is erupting. I mean, that was <laughs> so extreme for me. I've never, ever seen lava. We only hear the stories. Like, yeah, we get one volcano over there and get lava. <laughs> we imagine what it looks like. We might see it on the news, but to experience it, um, like, what? We can walk up to the lava? I'll never forget. I mean, I, it makes noise. Ooh, it smell. <laughs> oh, the sky is all different colors. And then I was like, it's new for me, but it's old. And so as, um, you know, hula people, especially of this island, Within the Mo'olelo and the chants, all that stuff is data that is documented. And so as a newbie or a malihini to this island, I cannot be making up my own story. <laughs> I have to <laughs> go look, well, what could be some of the images that I saw that 
will kind of timestamp that eruption mm-hmm. from the um, late 90s, early 2000s. And so um, <clears throat> I, I cannot say that I'm very well versed in the Pele and Hi'iaka, um epic saga, but there are um, things that I've learned by looking at particular chants that I go, I think this is what it is. Mm-hmm. And then I also try to get some divine intervention, which is the most exhilarating part, is that when those things happen, like you know you're on a roll, whether it be for the tune or for the, the cadence of the melee or even some words or images. And so... Um, and then for the people of that community to give thumbs up, you know, for different people who um, are very experienced in Pele chant to, to, um, to like it as well, those are all ways that kind of determine the, the ola or the life or the, the stamp of approval. And so, um, yeah, looks like as a malihini, I, the homework that I did was okay because <laughs> the, the song still lives and it marks the time when I was um, seeing the, the the land come to life in ways that, you know, doesn't happen on Kauai. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, so. something so new for your eyes, but also at the same time, that's the vision Kupuna had. Yeah, so we're, we're seeing the same thing and it's, you know, <clears throat> more than um, not, we... Here, oh, you know, in my grandfather's time, they had lots of this, lots of that, you know, like fish stock or limo, you know, plants. But when the volcano is erupting, Pele is, you know, showing all her glory, very animated. It was like, wow, I can't believe I'm seeing this with my own eyes in this time. And so when generations, you know, down the line, when they look at my mele, they will be able to see, well, when Kainani was alive, this was mm-hmm. happening. And so, and when we look back at the the older chants, I mean, that was happening then. And so we can see like, oh, okay, we're still in good condition. <laughs> <laughs> so. Mahalo for sharing those, those examples of how mele can be really important sources of documentation of historical phenomenon, um, events, and also, you know, the, their role in celebrating place and the, the details of the landscapes um, that you spoke of. It seems like mele have a really important function in um, in celebrating place, but also taking it to another level where um, people through mele are, are like connected very closely to place to the point where, you know, the aloha aina is being expressed, right? So mele in the service of aloha aina. Is that something that's part of your own experience too? Yes. Um, you know, Aloha Aina has been part of our our existence even before it's been become it, it's become more popular mm-hmm. or in practice mm-hmm. in a definitive way, Aloha Aina. I am Aloha Aina, all, all of those things. And Mele proved that. And from what we may call classic Hawaiian songs, um, when it connects to place, to um, nature, the relationship between kanaka and the aina, or this element and that element, those are all 
um, examples of aloha aina mm-hmm. in the way that the hakumele sees the world and sees the connection, sees the relationship. And so um, even though there might not be the term aloha aina in the mele, the mele in its lyrics and in the places that the, the mele lives and is performed, um, those are all the ways that we show and demonstrate aloha aina. Mm-hmm. And so um, I really um, enjoy, or I, I'm, I'm thrilled that alo- the aloha aina uh, movement of today has brought forth so many more mele. Because Hawaiian music is not on everybody's playlist. And what we're seeing <clears throat> is um, more mele uh, demonstrating aloha aina in Hawaiian and in other genres of music as well. And when the creator of the song is so passionate and wants to deliver their ideas and their messages and their experience and, and their feelings, um, but may not know how to do it um, in, in Hakumele, in the Hakumele way, then those, those mele serve a purpose to help more, to spread the word. <laughs> yeah. And so um, I think um, the, the movement and our Lahui's involvement with all the things that we have to fight for, <laughs> it's like a huge catalyst to get more mele mm-hmm. out on the table, out on the airwaves, mm-hmm. out on our social media, out in our, our parties and our concerts. And so pretty much um, our, our young generation now, I mean, so different from my generation and perhaps even my parents where you know it's like oh look at those activists look at those that's that was one of the ways one of the few ways that you could like be in aloha aina yeah but truly if you look at mele just by performing mele mm-hmm. that was an act in itself mm-hmm. and you you didn't have to be like on the news you didn't have to be fighting, you know, but just through the action of delivering mele. Because, you know, mele is one of the only things that survived being cast off, you know. And we have the, the um, visitor industry to thank, perhaps, for that, because... Mele was always needed for that. Mm-hmm. You know, all the shows, all the hotel shows, the reviews. And there was a lot of old timers who played and played and played and played. Of course, had the young hula maidens, but they cannot dance if there's no mele, mm-hmm. really. And so who they did depend on, it was all the old timers. And then the new timers got trained in the mele, but because that was a safe space for mele to thrive, um, it kept going. Yeah. And so um, that was also a safe space for our language through mele as well. And so those acts of just got to go work, that's my job. 
I can do this. It actually is an act of resistance. Right. Mm-hmm. It's an yes. act of um, uh, proclaiming our olelo, that's, that it's important. And it's one of those ways that our, our olelo and our mele culture was sustained in a time that everything else was threatened. Right. And so, again, the mele <laughs> is, is such an important part. And so um, part of our, our generation now um, is to create more mele. I mean, we have lots to say. We're doing lots of work. And it's fun. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm grateful that um, I do have opportunities to work outside my role as just as, as, a, as a kumu at the Kula Nui. Like I get to practice being a, a musician and performer um, to further um, advocate because that's really, that's really what I'm doing. I don't see myself as an entertainer even though that's how I'm looked at. It's like, oh, no, I'm not entertaining you, <laughs> really. <laughs> I, I'm trying to bring you to the mele, or I'm trying to um, advocate or educate. <laughs> you know, it's like, no entertainer. Because <laughs> to me, there's a difference. Um, and it's probably subtle differences, but um, the haku mele um, and hakuing creating my own mele, but also um, showing foundational songs that help me get to the point where I can create. And so, um, yeah, it's an ongoing havina, ongoing lesson, and there's really no um, <laughs> no place, no, no end game on that. It's just constant, uh, constantly trying to get better at it. And so when I do listen to songs that I've written long, long time ago, I was like, okay, that's where I was at the time. Because you can only do your best at where you're at. Mm -hmm. And then the more you hang around with other musicians, with other people more proficient than you, then you can get better. That's pretty much the only way, (laughs) really. And so um, I um, enjoy the challenge. I enjoy the mystery. I have lots to learn. But... um, the more Hawaiian, um, classic Hawaiian songs I have in my toolkit, um, the, the better I, I can do my work. So, mahalo. <laughs> One of the things you brought up, and it's very important, is the, the aspect of Olelo Hawaii and how it was able to survive and thrive through the um, that time of the visitor industry that we're, we're still kind of in, mm-hmm. but... Um, now we have so much more access, but at the time that was one of the main conduits for language and um, something that I recall from my time at in elementary, we, we all learned songs such as Kaulana Napua, but it wasn't until I became a student here and actually learned the words and understood them that I was like, wow, we're actually singing those words that that mean so much and they're a way of like you said you know um it's a form of activism but um just imagine you're you have musicians in Waikiki or whatever um town they're in and they're singing um, mele aloha aina and people are none the wiser but you know you know so that's how it it it, Mm -hmm. it's important to you and um now we have all these 
up and coming people learning more about Olelo and um, one thing that I many things I learned in your class, but one of the things that I learned too is that um, the Hawaiian language is just so beautiful because there's so many different ways to say one thing, and it's easy for us to default back to oh aloha, but there's so many other words that you can use and. Um, I love to see the creativity that people are bringing mm -hmm. and I love to hear the words that are coming out and just knowing that, oh, these are some of the images based on the words. Yeah. And, you know, it takes training. Like not, you cannot just figure that stuff out yourself. It, it takes training from older musicians, from, from poets, from, from Kumu, um, Kumuhula, even, um, we can understand things on a literal level. And then once the layers go deeper and deeper, it just blows your mind, yeah? Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and then you just want more of it. Yeah. Yeah, and that's one of the, the that, that's the ticket. That's the ticket. And so um, I try to shy away from translating anything, really, so I like to interpret versus translate because um, you can go a little bit further into explaining images versus just what this means. Like we try to see something, yeah? Why would the forest, like a well-growing forest, why would that be the best place for love? You know, some people, they think, Get mosquitoes. I gotta hike. <laughs> you know, it's like I gotta drive all the way over. I mean, <laughs> you know, it's like what? It's cold. You know, I gotta bring tent. <laughs> However, when we experience the forest, or when we hear it enough in different mele that are love songs, you know, that's what people introduced, oh, this is a beautiful love song. What is a beautiful love song in the eyes of our kupuna? Mm -hmm. It's not just mm -hmm. I love you, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. And men, like one of the, the most prominent motifs is the forest. Even though your experience might have been in the parking lot or at the beach, but you will use the forest because that is the space that the kupuna see as the most... Um, yeah, the most wonderful place to, to show love or to be in love or to love. And so um, it's not just limited to fragrance of the flowers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we have many, many examples of great mele that focus on the scent of the flowers. But what else? What do the birds have to do with love and loving? Um, what kind of flowers are compatible for particular birds. Yeah, no minors, no minor birds <laughs> ever yeah. made a good love song. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, so um, knowing what kind of characters, you know, even the fish, yeah, you let go of one manini kind of guy or one ulua kind of guy, <laughs> you know, not any fish, you know. And then same for the um, elements, which kinds of winds, which kind of characteristics do you like, or do I represent um, land features? And so, um, and also names and going into the meanings of the names versus just 
the particular place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so those are all the little gems and good old nuggets in there that we want to try and build our images to show love or uh, a great experience. And so um, to me, one of the best ways to learn those things is to have a huge toolkit of classic mele. Not just five, not just (laughs) ten, but plenty more than that to better inform us what is it like? <laughs> and so as a, as a um, teacher of Hawaiian music here, um, one of the things that I ask on the first day of class is uh, how, how many Hawaiian songs do you know by heart? Because that will inform me where we're at. Mm-hmm. What do you yeah. find when you ask? I find that, that. Um, if a student has hula background, they definitely know more. If a student has Hawaiian um, language um, immersion schooling experience, they'll have more mele in their toolkit. But um, most of the students that I've come around, they might only have the songs from their family or from when they were small or maybe they danced at May Day or a song that they've learned in church um, the special songs of mm. their, that they connect with, but not as um, Hawaiian music enthusiasts that they would have lots of, of songs. So when we do teach, well, when I do teach hakumele, I, I need to be informed of, okay, where are we at? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we cannot, we cannot just go deep because there has to be some, some basic information on analyzing some common songs first yeah Mm -hmm. and so i always advocate put more hawaiian songs (laughs) in your playlist because we are in competition with all the songs of the world in my time we were i was in competition i mean hawaiian music was in competition with top 40 radio which is the only other (laughs) resource of songs that i had was the radio and so now we have the whole world. And so um, trying to advocate for um, Hawaiian music and trying to show little tidbits of what makes Hawaiian music so fabulous, I think that's the only way I can, you know, try to reel in uh, a little more attention for Mele. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just to show them the, the brilliance of um, the compositions. Do you see ways in which Hawaiian music has influenced music outside of Hawaii yeah. in our world? Yes. Um, instrumentally, um, steel guitar, um, it's infiltrated um, bluegrass and country music heavily. Um, and our uh, my my friends, my peers from Uechilo, um Sudden Rush, you remember them, Keala <clears throat> Kava'au, uh, how folks, they were the first to um, try to incorporate Olelo um, Hawaii in rap. Mm-hmm. And just like how Sande Manoa did a little bit rock and roll, lots of outside influence for songs like Kaulana Napua in, in the time where, you know, Hawaiian music was, is the Hawaiian Renaissance time, um, that was shocking for a lot of our kupuna they didn't like it Mm -hmm. um but 
so many more people got to know these mele. And so nowadays, everybody's like, yeah, and when you can see people who may not have embraced those mele, you know, being the ones who know all the words, <laughs> you know, that's, that's very promising. And we can see that, that kind of evolution as well. And so um, Hawaiian music is, was famous, very, very famous in Hollywood as well. And it came with a price to pay, right? Mm -hmm. In the depiction of, you know, hot, uh, glamorized Hawaiians. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but again, it was a safe space that it could thrive. And um, it was one of the ways that the music survived as well. Now, um, with more hakumele who are... Um, very proactive in cranking out songs, in advocating for good mele, uh, recording, doing workshops, panels, who are educators. I think um, we're, we're, we're moving toward um, better creators of music, of, of mele, and starting at a younger age, perhaps, which is important as well. Mm -hmm. Um, one example is in my own ohana. Um, mele is kind of like sports in my ohana. <laughs> like, <laughs> we're a mele family. Oh, sorry, we kind of make all the, all the games and the races. <laughs> but we can do all the mele. Um, and so teaching the kids um, whether they realize it or not, is a big part of how I see myself as a music maker, as a hakumele, as a mom. Like, what is the thing that I'm going to focus on for their their education? What's going to be the legacy? <clears throat> What's going to be the tradition of the family? Not that I'm pushing them into um, performance and entertainment at all, but I want them to be the library. I want them to be the jukebox and I want them to create mele for their life experience as well. Mm -hmm. And so right now they're at a point where they're like, uh-uh, mom, aoleo makimake. <laughs> you know, they're all in puberty. So <laughs> maybe you know a little bit about that. So it's a little harder to just have them, okay, listen to mom. We're going to work on these five mele tonight, you know. But um, I do see that they have a good foundation already. And um, they have dabbled in creating mele, not in the way that I teach in the classroom here, just as a <laughs> bossy mom. <laughs> but um, so I, I know that having t teaching keiki or having them be very aware of mele, Hawaiian songs from um, their young age is integral to the sustainability of the practice. Mm -hmm. Just like any other practice, really. If we don't get them hooked or the foundation set early on, you know, we might not see <laughs> the, the, the fruition as much as we would like. Mm -hmm. And so, um, yeah, playing music, having um, time and space to make music, that's another imp very important part yeah, 
So the more we celebrate, the more we make time for each other in our busy schedules, um, the better we are. You know, if we can control that um, sound system, <laughs> you know, and also on, on another level, hire, hire live musicians as well. That, that's a big part. And um, yeah, I've paid many dues <laughs> doing all those Kokua gigs and they all serve the purpose. Um, you know, there is a limit to those, but all the Hawaiian mus musicians know, like there's parties you just play for and parties you, you charge. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's an important part um, of the music world as well. Yeah. If you want, if you go to, I mean, come on now. If you show up at a party and they're playing CDs, you know it's a junk party. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when you get live music, it's happening. Oh, yeah. You know, and so the way you're going to get live music is if you're related <laughs> or if you hire. And so I'd like to advocate for that as well because it is a, such an important part of a celebration. Mm -hmm. Or a commemoration, you know, even at, at the funerals. But you don't got to pay at the funerals. But to have um, music there, baby party, graduation, ho'olaolea, all those things, that is where the mele live. And also in, in your own home. And not everybody is a musician. Not everybody is well-equipped to lead the kani kapila. But that's why you start inviting people to your house <laughs> and feeding them. I mean, there is a method to this madness. You know? <laughs> and so um, creating the mele, performing the mele, finding understanding in the mele and teaching others or welcoming it, them into the space where they will love it too. To me, that's the way um, to promote um, what we do. And so, um, you know, hakumele is very complex and it requires um, like a poetic mind as well. And as we know, um, we can all speak very informally together. Yeah, balaau. And we can talk story, talk story, talk story. But that talk story language is not going to make it into the song. And so... For most songs, and like poetry, poetry is higher level language. And um, that's what belongs in Hakumele. It's a poetic language. It's higher level language. Nothing valao inside. I mean, there are songs that have those, and maybe they're more comedic or drinking songs. And there's even brilliance in those drinking songs as well. <laughs> but when you look at chants, when you look at those classic songs... None of it is vala'au. And so that needs to, that's probably one of the first lessons you can learn. Is that you cannot just write a song because you know the language. You have to learn the poetic language. You have to get to a level of proficiency where you can see these images. And that requires training. And so some of us um, are blessed to have um, this kind of training outside of school. But most of us um, come to school because that's where the resource is. And so mahalo to all the kumu hula, the kumu who teach oli, um, kumu olelo Hawaii, 
and all the old time entertainers because they hold um, so much of our mele, which is um, legit literacy, you know, all our, our literary works. You know, it's not just, oh, it's not just songs. <laughs> it's actually the collection of data. And it, it gives us a lot of, what is that, primary resource. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and that's the way we should lift up our mele. We're not just for background. Sometimes that's what it's for um, in certain parties or celebrations. But when we look at the brilliance in the song, that should be in the forefront. Yeah. And so um, I, I, I love the challenge. I love the lessons. And I love learning new things on how to express myself through mele. Um, and when you are... Um, proficient in um, creating your mele and delivering your mele, you can put any kind of music around it. Because to me, it's the olelo that is primary. And so I have um, experimented with jazz music, R&B music, um, yeah, pop. And so um, I know what I'm singing. And so... And it comes from the, the same place. And so I'm not trying to, um, like I, I'm just trying to make it authentic from two sides. Yeah. And so um, any melee that I put in jazz, I could throw a chalangalang strum on there <laughs> and turn it around. I mean, anybody can do that. So that's why I like to push the envelope to try and experiment with other kinds of music that I don't know how to play, <laughs> but I want to sing too. And so um, there is a lot of room um, outside of the, the poetry to further um, let the mele evolve. Because again, our Hawaiian music is in competition with so many other world music. Um, what are the things that are going to um, get our songs on our children's playlists? because they love what our melis say. <laughs> mm -hmm. And so, day to day. I, I think one of those important um, mana'o, as far as getting our keiki to also love the music, is to have them tie the music to wonderful memories. And, and, and when they can say, oh, yeah, this song reminds me of... So-and-so reminds mm -hmm. me of Tutu, reminds me of when mom would do this or when dad was doing this and, and having the memories to associate with. And then that becomes the soundtrack of their lives. Life. Yes. Yes. And that's where um, ho'ike comes into big play as well. Get them involved where they can have one ho'ike because they're going to have to train in that mele to perform it well and succeed. Then it'll be more important and memorable for them as well. So I don't know. We just got to be more, um, got to get together more and more in person and give them that ukulele. Play this, just try, follow, and make these safe and awesome spaces where, you know, kids want to be at the table <laughs> and not outside playing their video games. And so um, mahalo. I mean, hakumele is um, every day for me. Mm -hmm. And so I enjoy creating 
And I also enjoy sharing um, journeys and stories. Um, I'm just but one of the Hakumele gang of nowadays. And it's very encouraging to know that uh, many more people are creating their story via Mele. Mahalo. Mahalo. Mahalo nui. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we're very appreciative of the of the depth of the Hakumele tradition that you shared with us, the poetics that are involved, the parameters that actually ought to be there too, as well as the expansiveness that you were just talking about as well. Um, it's beautiful. Mahalo nui for sharing. Mahalo. <laughs> Speaking of sharing creativity, I see you brought your ukulele. Did you have something in mind you wanted to share? Yeah, yeah. Just a, a short melee. Okay. Yay! Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Several, several years ago, I took my children on a huaka'i mele. And they were, they were small, so I think I still had to lug around car seats for a couple <laughs> of them. But we went to Maui, and um, I had prepared a songbook for as much songs about Maui I, as I could. And I, I filled up this book, and I said, this is going to be our map. And we're going to go around the island and we're going to sing these songs that we've been singing in our house for a long time. We're going to go to these places and, and sing. And so we did it by Moku. And so we went around the whole island in one spring break. <laughs> That's how long it took. And we got together with uh, friends from Maui, um, musician friends and friends. And uh, my mom came, my husband came, the kids came, and um, we, we had a really good time because I believe the, the kids could further connect to those places. And even though they were really young, they still have memories of, of that experience um, till today. And we can always go again and do the same trail again, <laughs> same songs, probably add more. Um, but from that trip, I, I wrote a song. I said, we, we cannot not do a huaka'i mele and then not have a synopsis of the trip. <laughs> and so this song, um, I wanted to learn a, about places that we didn't get to or we couldn't access because it's way in the middle of the island or way too high for us to go. So I, um, kiuvai lulehua. It's a particular wind way inside um, Iao Valley by Lihau. Um, and so I wanted to create a, a very romantic mele because the places involved were um, so inaccessible and so um, what much um, had lots of fame associated with it for the beauty for the majestic um, characteristics. And so um, <clears throat> I wrote this mele. I mean, it reminds me of a, a huaka'i mele with three young kids. <laughs> but when you look at the layers and you look at the lyrics, <laughs> it's really being in the forest and, and, um, uh, and romance. <clears throat> Ipahai na pali hau 
To our meakipa kainani kahau naile, we learned a great deal about haku mele and what a blessing it was that she shared that mele that she composed from her huokai with her ohana to Maui with all of us. Aye, there's so much that goes into the process of creating a mele that will live on. There are many layers and images that are locked into each song. Kainani shared with us that haku mele is a practice in which the composer and, by extension, the listening audience connects to the land in a deep and meaningful way that inspires Aloha Aina. And with that, if you'd like to learn more about Kainani and her music, check out kainanikahonaile.com. Don't forget to check out our blog at hilo.hawaii.edu slash and Facebook and on Instagram. Ahui ho! Aloha! Aloha.